From Capital Analytics, I'm Abby Malone, and this is Invest Insights. Every week, we bring you perspectives, business advice, and more from the leading executives, entrepreneurs, and investors who are building, diversifying, and leading the way in the country's fastest-growing metro markets. Real leaders, real insights, right now. I'm joined today by Rick Fulham, the president of One Florida Bank. Rick, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you very much for having me. So let's dive in. From 2021 to 2023, you served on the City of Orlando's Historic Preservation Board. How did that experience shape your vision of the city and the community that you now serve as a banker? Sure. So um, I've always known I'm a fourth generation Orlando guy, and I always knew that I wanted to give back to the community that's given so much to my family uh, over generations. And that was very early in my career, 2001. Um, I was uh, pretty much a novice in serving the community when I had the opportunity to join that board. Um, but it was a great entree. Uh, I went on from there to uh, help found a Main Street district within the city of Orlando, just south of downtown. And then uh, most recently, I served on the Orange County Development uh, Tourist Development Council, um, which was a much more economically driven um, community service board. And I was able to really see how public and private partnerships can work to make investments in the community. Most notably on that board, we helped approve the funding for the Dr. Phillips Center for Performing Arts, which is a very big deal here in Central Florida. So always uh, want to serve. That's part of our core values here at the bank and part of my core values personally. Um, I would say that over the course of the time since I was on the Historic Preservation Board to today, the region has grown exponentially. I think that the development of the region is going to continue, uh, if for no other reason than just demographics. Um, I'm sure you're aware that you see different numbers, but somewhere between 1,000 and 1,500 people are moving to Florida every day. And I think that that is going to continue to drive regional growth. And as long as we can continue the culture that we have here in Central Florida, of the, the public sector and the private sector partnering together to make sure the infrastructure is here to support that. I think it, it's going to continue. We've got the weather, we've got the tax uh, and business environment that's attractive. So I think we're going to continue to see growth. Rick, due to the rise of online transactions and changing demographics, banks in Central Florida are rethinking their physical footprint. There is no homogenous strategy in the sector as some banks are cutting back, others are increasing, and others are simply relocating. With six branches throughout the region, what are the plans for One Florida Bank's physical footprint and what is your vision of the future of retail banking? I think that uh, it's difficult for me to speak to how the very large institutions are thinking about what they're going to do with their branch footprints and retail banking as a whole. Being a community bank, you know, we're about a billion foreign assets. We serve a very niche client base and uh, it's primarily centered around businesses and business owners. I've been in community banks in the past that were similar size to where we are today. And we had twice or two and a half times the number of branch offices that we have. And that's by design, given the trend that you mentioned. So we have been successful in executing our strategy through what I call kind of an omni-channel platform where we have branches, but not as many of them. And we really push the online and digital uh, banking products that we have to serve the, the types of customers that we are serving. And it, it has worked very well. But I would say 
that I do not see branches going away. I think, uh, you know, if you study consumer surveys, I think you'll find that it's not that they don't want branches anymore. They want it all. And so I think you've got to have those locations in the key markets where people can get to you if, if they need to. Um, so a uh, big picture, I think we're going to continue to see traditional retail branch banking, but it's, it's just going to be more and more complemented by better and better technology. Promoting financial literacy has become a priority for banking institutions in the United States, particularly for community banks with a commitment to close financial gaps and incorporate underrepresented communities into the system. What are some creative ways in which banks can reach vulnerable communities and enhance financial literacy? Sure. Again, as a, as a community bank, this is part of our uh, major initiative in the community to be sure that we are serving uh, the customer base that we, we need to serve. And part of that is serving the community overall. So uh, what we have done um, is both a boots on the ground approach with our own team, as well as a partnership with a network um, called EverFi. And that's a group that gives banks like us the tools and allows us to make an investment in them. And they have a much larger network to reach uh, those opportunities where we can educate people on how to write a check, how to open a checking account. Um, And it's primarily driven through the schools from that end. So we are in a, a partnership with them where we are involved in six different schools in the community where um, financial literacy is taught both by them and then we partner with them and have people from our team go in and help. So that's how we've primarily done it from a school-based education process. And then we're very involved and a lot of banks are involved in community organizations such as Habitat for Humanity. Uh, One of our team members serves as chairman of that board and we participate in home buyer education programs through them. Um, We also have multiple team members on other boards that provide financial education services. So we really take kind of a two-pronged approach to it, make sure we're reaching a wide net, but also focused in on the on the organizations that we have direct involvement. And uh, I think it's been a good, it's it's been a good uh, successful program so far. I would be remiss if I didn't mention crypto, because the rise in cryptocurrencies, a market that is now worth more than $3 trillion globally, has triggered debate across all levels of industry and government with President Biden now looking into regulating the market. What challenges or opportunities do you see from a regulated crypto market for banks and their clients? Well, I'll start by saying that um, our approach to new uh, products, new financial products among our team has traditionally been to be aggressive followers. So again, One Florida being a community bank, we are certainly not on the cutting edge of the crypto market. but I would say your, your question specifically related to regulation, I think it's important. I think with the market uh, uh, size being over, uh, I think you said 1.3 trillion at this point, that certainly is going to have macroeconomic effects. Um, it's at, at some point going to be correlated with the overall financial markets. And that is the whole point of regulation to maintain safety and soundness in the global, national uh, economic environment. So it doesn't surprise me uh, that regulators are are really taking a hard look at this, and I think it's appropriate. I think that also uh, the U.S. government, I I have a hard time thinking that the U.S. government is not going to want to track this just from the standpoint of 
taxes um, and, and not being able to skirt taxes and, and also money laundering concerns around an unregulated currency market. So I think it's fledgling and we'll see how it plays out from a regulatory standpoint, but not surprised that they're working on it. And as we round out our discussion today, what role does creativity play in remaining competitive in today's landscape? I think the pandemic proved, and this is not new news to anyone watching, I'm sure, but I think the pandemic proved that creativity and how you execute your business is super important. And the world changed a lot. Um, We continue to have a few people working from home. And I think the engagement especially when you're building a business. I mean, we frankly have been a startup through the pandemic. When you're building a business and trying to maintain that culture, if you don't have everyone together, you'd better be able to get creative and figure out how to keep the culture going. So we we did things like roundtables once a month with different departments. Um, We had competitions via Zoom. um, And also creative ways to reach your customers when you can't go actually see them was super important. So I think with the changes in the world and the changes in employee expectations, I think creativity becomes more and more important. And I, even though the pandemic seems to hopefully be drawing to a close, I don't think that aspect is going away from what I see. So I think it's going to be even more important going forward. I would agree. I think that company culture has become ever more important and also ever more challenging in this new virtual hybrid world that we find ourselves in. Absolutely. Rick, thank you so much for today's discussion. You've been listening to Invest Insights. Be sure to follow, rate, and review this podcast to hear more. I'm Abby Maloney. Thank you for tuning in.